Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. The only reason that you listen to your voice when you're singing, when you're using it, is that you're concerned about how you sing. You actually don't listen to your own voice to enjoy it. And so any amount of concern that you have while you're in the midst of projecting, particularly when you're in the midst of projecting to the universe, in tuning in, any concern that you have actually takes up an extraordinary amount of your life force in the moment, an extraordinary amount of your prana in the moment. And what you have in the moment is you have the opportunity to take in a large portion of the data field, or you have a, an opportunity to take in a specific portion of the data field. And that specific portion of the data field, which is all around you at all times, is governed by your attitude. If you're accustomed to not getting what you desire in its fullest form, in other words, you're not fully prosperous, which means prosperit. When you're not fully prosperous, you have a habit. Habit. Habit is where you live your habitat. You have a habit of not receiving it. Now that habit is very difficult to change. Because if you change that habit, it proves that everything prior to that moment was wrong. That you were wrong, that it was wrong. And because of our survival mode, our survival modality, being wrong is tantamount to being destroyed. And so being right is extremely important. And so we don't change our habits, but we change the ways in which we describe our desire to change our habits. We change the way we describe our desire to change our habits because that makes us socially acceptable. Nobody is willing to express that I really enjoy being a failure at this or at this or at this or at this. They will say in a very sophisticated language of some form, I really can't understand it, but I seem, to none, I seem to be unable to shift this. There must be something outside of me that is incorrect. There must be something causing this. I wonder if it's brain chemistry. 
I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it's that. I wonder what it is. It shows a real effort which supports the fact that they are right. But if you want to change something, you have to be able to find out where is the information, where is the data, where is the energy that can change it. Because every moment and every point of eternity and infinity is everything. It's a holographic universe, holographic megaverse, holographic multiverse which means that every part of it is equal to the totality of it. Every part of it is equal to the totality of it. So if the answer or the solution exists somewhere, the answer or the solution exists everywhere. And you are somewhere. You are somewhere, yes? And you are at the center of your somewhere. Correct? Unless you're not. And when you're not at the center of your somewhere, it means that you're not you. That instead of being in your presence, you're living in your preference. Oh, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I would. Oh, I wish I did. Oh, I wish I had. All preferences. None of which is presence. But if you can come back to your presence and say, these are my desires. I know they exist in the immediate neighborhood. Immediate neighborhood. And I will dedicate myself to being wrong before I had them. I will dedicate myself to being wrong before I had them. And then you reassure your subconscious through here, through your solar plexus, through proper breathing habits, that it's okay to have been wrong. It's okay to have been living your life incorrectly. Just throw it out there. But you have to be consistent and insistent because the subconscious is not going to believe you first time around. Because the subconscious, which controls 75% of your mental body, is determined to keep you safe not determined to keep you fulfilled or happy. And when you're right, you are safe. And that's the whole structure. When you feel you are right, you feel you are safe, even though you are miserable. It's a crazy combination. But it's the way the system works. And why does the system work that way? Because it insists on evolution. Because the moment you get comfortable, you won't grow. And if you're comfortable and you're not fully enlightened, what good is it? I'm good with this. Right? I'm good with this. But you're, you're an idiot. No, I'm good with that. <laughs> right? Yeah? yeah? 
Do you really think that life is about getting a good job? Getting some kind of a house? Getting some kind of crazy good vehicle that can drive you around? They're now talking about putting implants in the brain. Well, for some things it might be okay because we might be able to, to eradicate certain brain disorders, but I'm not talking about just the disorder of being crazy. Because I don't think that's a disorder. I think that's just a future order that hasn't been recognized yet. But what about if they put an implant into the brain and they don't even understand what the brain's capacity is? That's like this guy. He said, I want to make a motorcycle that can set the world speed record. But didn't think it all the way through, just like they're not thinking it all the way through, because they have no idea the sophistication of the human brain. And so this guy put an automobile engine on a motorcycle, put a V8. You know, put the housing on it, got it so he could ride it. It looked like he was riding a bull, you know, legs sticking out like this. He started it up, revved it up, and the torque of that engine flipped the motorcycle. Smashed him all up. Didn't think about everything. But what about just what you have? What about just what you have been given by the cosmos? What about just working diligently on insisting that you maximize its potential? Not getting all crazy about, oh my goodness, you know, this can be done, and that can be done, and look at this virtual reality mask, and all this. Why don't you look at this reality through this mask? Hmm? Why don't you maximize your potential toward enlightenment by opening up your bandwidth and actually experiencing what is there? Because within the what is there is the answer to every question and the solution to every problem. But what you have to do is you have to gently disengage the historical habits. Admit them first. Admit your habits. Admit your addictions. Then disengage your historical habits. Engage your desires. Remain in presence. And know that your preferences are just now coming. Because they're there. And that means that we have to come back to our center point. And so what we do in our class every single day is we get ourselves centered so that we can actually see the bigger picture and not be addicted to our habitual pattern. Does this make sense? So what I would like you to do is I'd like you to close your eyes and I would like you to think about just one of your patterns, one of your patterns that has been giving an unsatisfying result. Boy, I can think of one myself. Not of yours, I meant of mine. There. 
make that clear, that gives an unsatisfying, an unsatisfactory result on a consistent basis. And we're going to begin the class a little bit differently than normal. We're going to begin the class with chanting, and I'll be the only one up here. Everyone else that sings with me just stays and does the meditation. But we're going to begin the class with Kirtan Kriya, which is the Satanama. Because Kirtan Kriya in addition to coordinating the hippocampus and the limbic portion of the brain, also clears the subconscious and arranges it so that it can be dealt with. All of the issues in the subconscious are issues that have not been resolved through consciousness. And those issues that are not resolved in consciousness that are sitting in the subconscious are actually controlling you. And so this is where that mechanism is that wants to be right and doesn't care about being happy or fulfilled. Just wants to be right and safe. So when you have that pattern in mind that you have been dealing with for some time, just gently open your eyes back up, and here is the mudra. We go, Satanama. First finger, second finger, third finger, little finger. Hmm? And we'll do it for two minutes out loud. Two minutes, whisper, two minutes, or four minutes rather, silently, and then come back out in the same way. Two minutes, whisper, and two minutes out loud. And we're going to start today's class that way because we've moved into spring since I was gone here in the Northern Hemisphere. Those of you watching from the Southern Hemisphere, um, you've moved into fall, and um, it can apply there as well because in fall we harvest what we've grown through summer, and spring we plant what we have rejuvenated through winter. So the, the circumstance is the same. The point in the cycle is just ever so slightly different. Hmm? We've done medical school studies on that meditation. We'll be doing them on all of the mudras and the mantras and the meditations in order to prove to ourself that the ancient sciences are actually sciences and not philosophies. Because just like Einstein's theories have for the most part been proven, they're still referred to as the theory of relativity. Hmm? And just like all of what the ancient masters mastered has 
been slowly being proven, it's still called sometimes philosophy, which is a bit of a poke in the eye because a philosophy is just an idea, a concept. But the reality of science is, even though in some instances still being disputed, but the reality of science is the reality of these metaphysical patterns. And what the human being does has been organized from the survival beginnings through to about somewhere between perhaps 10 and 20,000 years ago. And then we had basically killed off everything that was going to really take us out. And we had started to figure out how to grow our own food. And that was the moment when we were to advance our consciousness, but we didn't. Whenever anybody would advance their consciousness, we set them out as an icon. And then we marketed them as the one and only through a religious attitude. The one and only that could achieve this, the one and only that could do that, the one and only that was this, etc. And that was a failure. That was a failure. Not that they didn't exist and not that they weren't phenomenon, but the marketing of them was a failure. The marketing through religion was a failure. And so what human beings did, because they couldn't achieve that greatness, that was unattainable, is they continued to simply work with the same emotional body and the same mental attitudes that it enabled them to survive all those millions and millions and millions of years. Well, what happens then is two things, emotional stagnation and mental fixation. So we've become mentally fixated on the idea of hierarchies and we've become emotionally stagnant And therefore, this emotional stagnation is having a tremendous reaction today. People don't know how to fulfill themselves. People don't know how to project themselves. People don't know how to calm themselves. Because all of these mechanisms of fulfillment are required emotionally for the human being to be humane. Because otherwise the human being is just a very powerful creature that is dangerous. And the times now are more dangerous than they have ever been because the ones who are the most out of sorts have become supposed people in charge of things. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to dig really deep into the data field that surrounds us. And we're going to have to innovate the solutions that are always there. 
If the problem is there, the solution is there. If the question is there, the answer is there. And so what we are being doing, what we are being done by all of this that we're dealing with is we are being backed into a corner. And it's in that corner that we are our strongest. We are our mightiest. But we're not mighty in a violent way. We're mighty in a superior nonviolent way. Because the supposed opposition to the advancement of consciousness, the ones that are rigidly fixated on religious attitudes, on nationalistic attitudes, are not going to be friendly towards the expansion of consciousness. And so you have to dedicate yourself to being so accurately intuitive and so immediately responsive that you can, like Lao Tse said, anticipate the move before it moves. Why? Because you feel the inclination, you feel the compression of the idea as it's arising. And in response, as the idea arises from that which is in opposition, you immediately get a workaround, not a confrontation but a confirmation and a conformation. A confirmation of what you're doing is righteous and it's nonviolent, and a conformation to the landscape that is presented to you. We are going to have to be such wizards, such sorceresses. A sorceress is a seer of the source. A wizard is one who understands the other half of the cosmos, which is feminine, ma, jik, instead of law, jik. We are going to have to be superheroes and heroines, not just really smart people. Not just really well-educated people, because education is based on footnotes. Our education is based on notes that have not come anywhere near the feet, because they haven't even gotten into the head yet. Do you understand what I am saying? Is this clear? You are going to have to dedicate the remainder of your very long life to being a phenomenon. On this tour, I came up with a new personal goal, made up a word to describe it. I'm trying to think of the word. I'm, I, know, <laughs> I know the word, but I'm trying to get it so that I can pronounce it properly. Phenomena, phenomena flame. Phenomena flame. Say it. Phenomena flame. 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 Say, I am a phenomena flame. 
See, a phenomena flame, now that you've decided that you are one, is a flame that is so phenomenal that anyone that gets near you, they catch on fire. But they don't catch on fire to burn up. They catch on fire their plans, their goals, their, everything that they are desiring catches on fire and is just supercharged and makes total sense. Because what you do is you indicate to them that they are possible. And then because they suddenly feel the possibility which comes from the spine, they suddenly feel that possibility. Suddenly their intention and their passionate emotion balance out. And now, because it's possible, they say, I can possibly do this, so I will attempt to do this. And the moment you attempt to do it knowing that it's possible to be done, you're unstoppable. That's a phenomena flame. Can I sell you one for free? Uh -huh. Yeah, freemium. Deal? Give me a high 10. Yeah. Mm. Because you got to just get unanchored down, you know, unstrapped to the dock. You have to make it work. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.